0: Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, Season 2, Episode 8, for Saturday the 19th of September 2020. Coming up this week, book number three in my second Morecambe Bay trilogy is now well underway in spite of all the packing that's been going on this week. BookBub have got their own back on me for rejecting their offer of a promo on the secret bunker last week, and in the shortest ever technical experiment, I've already ditched my Chromebook for a brand new Windows laptop. I'll be explaining all before the end of this week's episode. Now just to explain to you how I'm recording this week, last week sounded so empty and echoey that I've now moved into the lounge because obviously the lounge is carpeted and it's still got lots of stuff in and actually it's quite a big lounge and so we're living in the front part with the telly and the the settees and whatnot and then at the back, by the patio window at the back, we're putting all the boxes which need to go into storage so I'm hoping that the audio quality in this room will be a little better. It is still a big room, so it it won't sound echoey, I don't think, but it won't sound quite as uh, intimate as it used to do when my office was properly set up to be recording podcasts. So uh, again, once uh, once again, apologies for the kind of um, audio quality you're getting at the moment really not a lot I could do about it and I should also say that my new laptop I'll talk to you about that in a moment or two is perched on top of a large packing box and I'm sitting on the settee here with a cup of tea at my side trying not to kick it over on the carpet and it is very much a Heath Robinson affair let me get on with the writing then and I'm working currently on the Morecambe Bay Trilogy 2 Um, and the book is Bound by Blood which is the third one in this trilogy and it's it's going well I was very worried about it when I was planning it but the writing is going really well and I I got to say I'm so pleased at the moment that I have this book planned out because I am writing it's not fair to say automatic but my time is so compressed and squeezed at the moment that I'm turning up I'm opening up my computer I'm looking at what the notes are and I'm writing I'm just getting on with it and then laptop gets closed and I'm off doing some more packing or whatever it is I'm up to so it really does feel that the writing is getting squeezed into what's going on domestically at the moment but I am still managing to get the words done this this week intentionally I've been doing a lot of prep work to get that you know the house ready to evacuate even though it's a couple of weeks away yet so I haven't done a massive amount of writing I've done more editing this week but it's fine as I say it's all planned out it'll all get done on time so with bound by blood this week on Sunday I wrote 1450 words and that took me up to 5157 words on Wednesday of this week, so Monday and Tuesday, I was really busy doing uh, big stuff in the house. So I didn't write on those days. But on Wednesday, I wrote 1,771 words. Thursday was, it began as a bit of an annoying day. I won't give you all the domestic details, but I was supposed to pick up a van so I could move some rubbish out of the house. And they hadn't got the vehicle that I wanted. So I said, well, look, don't do that. That's wait till this coming Tuesday until you've got the vehicle that I want um, because they were about to give me something like a tank. It was a massive thing. I am driving that thing. I'll never never get it into the tip. So anyhow, they, they. I'm picking up the vehicle on a Tuesday, but to get to that stage, we were almost at midday. I'd almost written off half, half a day. So I got more editing done yesterday. I got double editing done yesterday, but I didn't get any writing done yesterday. So we had a gap on Thursday, which is a bit annoying because I could have written on that day. Um, but I wrote today, Friday, And I wrote 1,696 words today, which means my total words to date are 8,624. And to compensate for the fact that I didn't write on Thursday, when I had been intending to, and also for the fact that I've now bumped that that van hire to the Tuesday, I'm going to be writing on Saturday and Sunday this weekend, because that makes up the day I lost on Thursday, and it puts one in the pot so I can forget Tuesday and just get on with what I've got to get on with. So um, I'll be at over 10,000 words. We'll be nearing, I think we'll be about 15,000, maybe nearly 20,000 words next week. Because my wife is working on Thursday and I'm hoping to get a, have a 5,000 word day next week. So I, I'll be almost at 20,000 words, I think, by the time I speak to you next week. Now the other thing I need to tell you is uh, this week um, we've 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 moved bedrooms, <laughs> so there is so much disruption. I ought to tell you. I mean, I had to fill you in domestically because I I think this is quite important because so many people say, oh, I haven't got time to write. I can't quite squeeze this in. And, and we're currently in the middle of a, of a country relocation. There's an awful lot going on at the moment, as you can guess. And I've just dropped three kids off to university. So the, the last of my children went to university. And I must say, my wife and I have been talking about this for a long time. When I have... Um, how many brothers have I got? I've got two brothers and one sister. And uh, we were fortunate enough to live in a fairly uh, spacious house when I was a kid. And I can always remember when we all left how empty the house was you know just my parents rattling around in this house and I, I it's been my position for a long time not for that not to happen to us that we you know the kids move on and we're just left in this kind of house rattling around and that that kind of planning to go to Spain has really been Confirmed as the right decision for me this week because uh, again we're fortunate to live live in a a pretty spacious house, and it's absolutely ridiculous with just my wife and I in here. I I can't find my wife in the house; it's ridiculous. I mean It's not that huge. We don't live in a mansion or anything, but it's you know it's it's a house for five people. There's plenty of room for five people. All the kids have got a decent sized room, and uh, literally you know I could be in my study and my wife could be at the other end of the house, and it, it just feels suddenly. Ridiculous. You see, I haven't lived in the whole house. I I, I tend to live in in my study and I I don't, um, we have our bedroom downstairs. We've got a a room downstairs, which I don't know what else you'd use it for. So we've always slept downstairs. So I tend to live downstairs. I don't really need to go upstairs except to use the, the shower, which is right at the top of the stairs. So, kind of the kids have had the three rooms upstairs, and, and you know, largely since they've been teenagers, I haven't been up there. But now the house is empty, and I'm using the full house, I'm in mean, all the rooms, and uh, you know, the, the, the rooms are, are empty. I'm just suddenly aware that it would be ridiculous for my wife and I to be in here, you know, for 44 weeks of the year, waiting for the kids to come back here in the summer. It would just be ridiculous. So, we, we'd worked that out a long time ago, which is why we're going to Spain right now. But, uh, you know, if anything, needed to confirm to me that this is the right decision that we can't you know stay in a house this size now now that the kids are gone for most of the year you know that that was it really so I'm quite pleased to move to somewhere a little bit smaller in Spain Uh, it's still big enough to put up all the kids you know obviously we need to be able to put the kids up as well um, but it's not there to put the kids up 24 7 you know 365 days of the year Uh, the the kids will have to rough it a little bit and have smaller bedrooms and things like that now Uh, they're coming back. So, yeah, I it's really confirmed to us this week that that, it, that this is the, the right thing to do. Even though the world is a very precarious place at the moment, and certainly in England at the moment, you know they're talking about lockdowns for another two weeks and things like that. But you know, there's nothing. Even with the first lockdown, if the planes are still flying, that's the only thing that can scupper us. The planes not flying. So if the planes are still flying, you know, I'm still allowed to jump on a train and uh, you know catch catch a plane to Spain I'm still allowed to do that even in the worst scenario of the lockdown the only problem is of course if if the planes aren't running and that's the only thing really that can scupper our plans at the moment anyhow that was a long way of explaining to you that currently we're not in our bedroom downstairs we're currently in one of the kids rooms and the bed's been collapsed and we're we're like students sleeping on a double mattress at the moment with with the quilt on top in in my Uh, youngest child's bedroom or what was my youngest child's bedroom which has been completely emptied except for this this mattress and um, it's been quite interesting because I was it it doesn't have curtains on either at the moment it's just got blinds on because I've taken all the curtains down as well so (laughs) I did say we've been busy so I've been waking up earlier obviously because the light comes in and that's given me thinking time and I had a really strong idea for Walker Bay Trilogy 3 this week and I ran it by my wife, who obviously knows the stories and knows the characters. And she loves the big twist at the end. You know when just sometimes the, the bits of a story just, just come together. They all just form suddenly. And it happened to me this week. Um, and we were watching. It came to me also. It was inspired by watching a series on ITV called Des. Which is about um, Dennis Nielsen, who's a serial killer in the UK from way back. And um, and basically the premise is, you know, I have, I've never written a serial killer in a book before. My, my 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 kind of killers tend not to be serial killers they tend to be motivated by events in the past or they they tend to be uh if you want um the kind of people who are I don't know you know no, no, naughty people corporate people they, they tend to be kind of suited baddies rather than serial killers I haven't had a, I haven't done a serial killer before I thought I want to do a serial killer and it linked with something that's happened in the past to one of my characters in this trilogy. And then I just had this you know, these moments where you think, oh, yes, I've had a character who's running, been running away, running along all through the stories. And I just thought, he's the perfect serial killer. Uh, and it, it gives me a big twist at, at, at the end of the books because you know that I want to finish at 10 books. So uh, at the moment, I'm looking at three trilogies in the Morecambe Bay series. Uh, so nine books and potentially this Christmas one that would make it make it 10 books and the Christmas one it's interesting who was I listening to Selmore Book Show this week they were talking about they got they were talking about Calytics and I think Alex Newton from Kalytics has got a new report out about Christmas books which I think focuses mainly I think I, I haven't I haven't had time to dig into it yet on, on romance but they were having a discussion. Brian and Claire were having a discussion about Christmas books, and there are pros and cons with Christmas books. And one of the points Claire was making is, I don't want to put all that effort into writing a book that I can only market for three months of the year, and, and that did make me give me cause to reflect. But if I don't write a Christmas book, then I'm, I'll, I'll write a standalone story. But I do want to have a standalone book in the Walker Bay series that would allow people to access it more easily and you know a Christmas book's interesting because it gives you a a really good sort of marketing opportunity around this kind of time of year so I'll I'll think it through I I honestly I, I honestly in spite of my initial optimism I don't think it'll get written this year I don't think it can get written this year and also because I've got the head of steam on with Walken Bay Trilogy 3 I'm really quite enthusiastic about this story. And I think that when I get this trilogy 2 written, I may just write them back to back. While the characters are in my head, I may start to write them back to back. But I've certainly got the core arc of Morecambe Bay Trilogy 3 and uh, um, and it allows me to bring in all the characters from the previous books and tie up some loose ends and you know, it work, it'll work really well. So I may start to plot that. Now, I, I, I'm not even going to think about it till we get to Spain but I may start to plot that before Christmas in Spain if I have time and I may get on with just writing. It. I may just hit it in January after we've had the, the Christmas and New Year break. I may just get straight down to it and just write them do you remember when they um, did the divergent films and they 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 filmed them one after the other well that, it's a bit like that with Morecambe Bay Trilogy 3 I might just get on with it the the other thing I'm considering too is I had a bit of a fe- I've been having feedback from beta readers this week and it did make me think I I, I think I might I think it might be confusing calling the Morecambe Bay Trilogy 1 Morecambe Bay Trilogy 2 I'm not quite sure, to be honest with you. And it was interesting to have a beta reader this week who hadn't read the first trilogy. And I've, I've written the second trilogy. I mean, you kind of have to read them in, in order, but it, it is a standalone book. But you don't really get to know as much about the characters. And at the front of the book that I release first, which is Trust Me Once, I will put a recommended reading order in the front. You know, So clearly, it's always better to read books in the order that they were written. You know, if they're if they're sort of consecutive stories, you don't have to have read the first books, but clearly it's going to be better. So I think at the front of of the fourth book, the first book in the second trilogy, it gets complicated, doesn't it? Then I think I'll have a, a recommended reading order, uh, and, and basically, if you're confused, it's your own kind of fault because you really need to start with the first trilogy. But but you could you can read it standalone. Um, it's just that intentionally when I've been writing I mean I'm learning this you know I've never written a series before um, and, and, and actually I, I don't I don't think I've ever heard a really good interview on a podcast actually about somebody who writes series Would be really quite interesting to do that to to hear about the strategies that you need to use and I know that the guy who writes Rebus I think it was whose name escapes me right now apologies for that I know I should know that um, I remember reading something saying I wish I'd made rebus younger at the start I think it was because I never realized I was going to be writing as many books you know so so I, I don't know whether you just have to you have to write your way out of many things in series I guess but I am considering certainly when I get to nine I think I would probably call them Book Bay book one two three four five six seven eight nine I think I might order them like that when I get to nine it's just whether it's a more sensible way of saying trilogy one trilogy two at the moment I'm not sure I'm not sure Um, that's in the pending pile as so many things are but anyhow it was very exciting to just have a story come out of nowhere and sort of think oh yes this is going to work beautifully I've never written a serial killer before um, and and it ties in with my overall arc for the trilogy this will work really well so I'm quite keen to get plotting that when we get to Spain I've been doing lots of editing this week so I'm as well as writing Bound by Blood I'm editing Fall from Grace and Fall from Grace is up to chapter 16 I've been r- roughly doing it three chapters a day because I find that keeps me fresh and I can concentrate that long you know I don't really enjoy the editing process so what I've learned is that if I just do three chapters a day that keeps me fresh and infused it doesn't power me into the ground I used to do loads of chapters a day and I was just fed up with it at the end of the day whereas at the moment it's fine three chapters a day is great for me it's you know an hour maybe an hour and a half's work uh, working through those um, I write quite clean um, you know a lot of people say when they write the first draft it's all over the place I, I'm a pretty clean writer f- first draft pretty, pretty clean writer in terms of um, spelling pretty clean writer in terms of the plot uh, as well uh, you know, clearly I'm not a perfect writer, but it's usually I don't have to pick it apart and completely reassemble it again. Um, what I write first time is, is very similar to what you get after an edit. Um, so so I'm fairly fortunate in that. So yeah, 16 chapters of Fourth of Grace. I'm working through that. So Fourth of Grace has to go to Julie. I can't remember the date off the top of my head, but that's due with Julie Corden for her formal edit. Uh, that's going to be ready in plenty of time. I have to have that ready before we go to Spain. I'm pretty sure of it. So that will be ready on time. Uh, and also, I'm getting comments and suggestions coming in from beta readers on Truth Be Told. So I got three books on the boil: writing one, <laughs> editing the other, first draft editing the other, and then I got beta readers all over the other. Now, um, I, I have to admit, I had to—it's cu- not cutting a corner—but I had to make a time management decision with with Trust Me Once. And with Trust Me Once, I've worked through all Julie's suggestions, but I do not have time at the moment for me to read it again before I send it to beta readers so so in many respects I'm I'm letting my beta readers take the strain so it's been it's been first draft edited by me it's been edited by Julie Corden I've worked through Julie's changes that she, she suggested I've I've been very careful to make sure I haven't introduced any errors when I've been making those changes but I usually do however careful I am and so now it's gone out to beta readers and I've started to get the first emails back from beta readers where they've said oh, you know I'm not sure what you meant by this or you know um, i tell you what I have done i tell you um, something that I have done is I've introduced um, this I, sorry I, this is the mad head of Teague at the moment um, this is one of the reasons why I've got a new Windows laptop this week, which I'll talk to you about in detail before the end of this episode because it was so hard for me on a a drive, a Google, what's it called? A Chromebook. It introduced some line breaks, moving the document over. I had to mess around so much uh, moving from a Word document to a a Google document and then bringing it out that I introduced some line breaks and, and the beta readers have found... Those line breaks, there's about four of them in there that shouldn't be there. Just They're just spacing issues or something like that. So I'm letting the beta readers take the strain with this. And as, as they're sending me the information, I'm making the changes in my Mac in Cloud document, which will be my final version uh, document. But yeah, um, I'll talk about that in a moment or two. But the beta readers are saying they're enjoying the story. Somebody was cursing me the other day for leaving it on a cliffhanger. But basically, I'm just not going to have the time to read it until we go to Spain. So I've I've worked out that I'll let the beta readers have it. I've told the beta readers I need this by the 16th of October. It then gives me a final two weeks uh, before it's released on the 2nd of November, or just less than two weeks, actually, for me to read it when I'm in Spain, when I will have time to read it. And uh, I will give it my final read with the beta reader suggestions intact. And then then I'll put the thing to bed and it'll be ready for a release date. Um, but normally I would have liked to have given that an extra read through. And I haven't had time for that. But you know i got loads of beta readers. You don't keep a dog in bark, as they say, do you? So uh, I might as well let them take the strain with that rather than me trying to find those things before I give it to the beta readers. But as I say, I think I've had about about four, four people back, I had a very fast reader, um, somebody I know from Cumbria actually, somebody who I work with in my corporate work and who now he's reading and he's following what I'm doing as a writer. Um, she read it overnight. I couldn't believe how fast she'd read it. So she really enjoyed the, the, the story. And um, and I say that the feedback is positive and somebody else who, who I know, uh, how do I know this person? This is another person I know locally who's currently in a boat moored somewhere in Spain. What a small world it is. Um, he, he read it. And uh, he, I know him through somebody I know through the BBC. It? It's a remarkable world, isn't it? How all this comes together. Um, but I know him through a colleague um, from, from the BBC. And, uh, and also locally and uh, he read it and was cursing me for leaving such a big cliffhanger so, so it's good to know that people are engaged in the story and dying to know what happens they're all telling me I can't wait to read the next one so that's, that's always a good sign isn't it that's how the next one does the same thing so that's my kind of writing and editing update for this week a um, couple of little bits of general news uh, in terms of sales and marketing I submitted the grid one to book bub but it got knocked back so I reckon they must be in a huff with me because they did accept the secret bunker but they said they wanted to put it in horror and I said well I don't want it in horror thank you very much so they've knocked back the grid one when it's listed wide which is a a bit of a nuisance and I feel like having told you that I make more money off science fiction when I'm listed wide. What I mean is, I make more money from science fiction when it's listed wide because I can get book bubs. Now, this is quite an interesting term of events because if they're going to insist on listing The Secret Bunker in horror, I don't want it listed in horror, so I'm not going to, there's no point in me submitting it if they're going to insist on putting it in horror. And if, if they if they are going to get sniffy with the grid, and I will probably try the grid again before I do this, but if if I struggle to get the grid listed again, well, frankly, I might as well just be back in KDB Select and I'll put some money behind that uh, seven-pack box set, which is getting really good reviews, and I'll start doing that as I did with my thriller books. You know, I'll start to, to to flog it as I did with my thrillers and, and, and push it. So I'll, I'll give the grid one more try. And if they knock it back again, I'll probably go put put it back in KDP Select. And as you know, the thrillers are all going back into KDP Select anyway because I want to start promoting my 12-pack and 10-pack box sets over Christmas as a as a bonanza package for anybody who, who gets a Kindle. So yeah, uh, grid one, knock back my book bub. Hopefully they're not in a huff with me. And uh, I just wanted to pass on something that Rob Scott Norton had sent to me the other week. And Rob, I haven't had time to watch this yet for reasons that I've already explained, I behind me, I'm surrounded by a wall of boxes. Um, but Rob sent me a YouTube video, which was, um, I don't even know who it is, Rob. I've, I've opened it up and had a look at it and, and started it, but I haven't had time to, to work through it yet. But it's uh, a Show Don't Tell video, which uh, Rob had watched and said, I recommend you watch this. I know you, you don't, you know, you struggle with Show Don't Tell. So um, I, without having watched all the way through myself, I will share it on this week's uh, show notes so that you can have a look at that uh, if it's useful for you. And I will get round to it, Rob. It's on my kind of list of things to work through. Uh, But I need a quiet evening, which doesn't involve packing stuff into boxes uh, or throwing stuff out uh, to go to the tip. And so my final writing news, I did say that uh, last week and this week's were going to be shorter. Um, Episodes 9 and 10 of this season are going to be longer because I'm looking at my quarter three Uh, review next week and then I'm going to finish this season with my quarter four uh, targets but I did just want to mention computers this week as I've already alluded to earlier on I when I when I got the the Word doc back from Julie and then I was having to uh, I had to edit it and you could use Word on a Chromebook I got the app for that but it doesn't give you the same control over track changes as as native Word does on a on a on a Windows PC. So I was the track changes looked a bit of a mess. This is why I think I've maybe got the line breaks in incidentally because uh, I could only I could either look at it with no track changes on or with all track changes on. And usually, when I'm working just on a Windows PC, I could disable all the track changes and just see Julie's comments. That's how I prefer to work on it. And because I had all the track comments, I I couldn't work out what the heck I was doing. And I think I introduced some line breaks in there that shouldn't have been there. But this was only because I was working on Word via the app that you have to use on the Chromebook. And so then I moved it into Mac in Cloud, and I was using Mac in Cloud obviously on a Chromebook, and I I found as many line breaks as I could, but obviously I missed some because the beta readers are pointing some out, and that's easy because I can find those very quickly. They've given me the page locations. It's not not a deal breaker, you know, be introducing a few uh, line breaks where they shouldn't be. That's very easily fixed. But you know, it was just too much like hard work. And the other day I was working through Fall From Grace. I was doing the edits on Fall From Grace. And I think I said this to you last week, or I've said it to you before, that the problem with a Chromebook is it's brilliant. Uh, Google Docs is, is brilliant. But it really struggles to cope with a full-length book. Um, you know, So that when I'm putting 75,000 words in it, it really struggles with that. It's slow and laggy, and it's a bit frustrating, to be honestly, honest with you. So when I've been editing Fall for, for Grace, it was a bit laggy on me, and I was getting a bit frustrated with it. And I thought, you know what? I think what I need to do is get a Windows computer. Now, I had a spare laptop um, that I bought years ago. I I, I found the old Google email receipt for it, and I paid. It was the laptop I bought after I hated the MacBook Pro. (laughs) Uh, And um, so it cost me, it was £795 for a laptop, which is a lot of money. This was... Two thousand and twelve, something like that. It was a long time ago. But I've had this laptop around and I stopped using it a a long time ago and the kids have used it. And I just decided, um, this week or over the weekend, I can't remember when it was now, it's becoming a blur. I decided to be to do a complete Windows reset on it and and see whether I could just use it to to write the books in, you know, to to use novel factory and to use my um, what's it called what's the software called Scrivener writing Scrivener uh, rather than having to write on a Chromebook so I loaded that and it's really old now and it's very very slow and it was doing the job to be fair and obviously everything's in the cloud so I just brought the files down from the cloud but it was very noisy at that computer and I thought well it's not if I was recording this now um, then it would have been very very noisy you'd have heard the the laptop whirring and grinding away, and I thought, that's not very good. The other frustration I'd had, sorry, with the Chromebook was last week, when I recorded last week's podcast, it was a blooming nuisance. <laughs> it was... I had a couple of little edits to do, and they took me ages. And then, of course, you know, because I, I'd had to mess around with it so much, I, I made sure I listened all the way through to make sure I hadn't missed anything. It took me blooming ages last week to do, to do that short podcast. And I, and I thought, I'm not doing this. I need to be back on Camtasia, which... I'm recording this on Camtasia now. It was it's a lot faster. So basically with the Chromebook I made the decision that it took me almost 9 months to make when I bought a MacBook Pro years and years ago and that was do you know what this is slowing down my process and my work so much it is obstructing me it's not helping me. So I went online and I discovered to my joy that you could now buy windows laptops for peanuts they, they actually do a windows laptop which is a bit like a chromebook in that it, it's it's loaded with a very light version of windows and these things cost about 170 pounds 180 pounds and so um what i discovered is i don't want the the light version of windows what i wanted was a laptop that would allow me to load windows 10 and would allow me to run non-app based software. So I needed to load Scrivener, Novel Factory, and Camtasia. And also obviously I want to load Word And I want it native word. I don't want the app for word. I need to be able to see all these track changes and things that I was having problems with. Because I've effectively, I've got three problems I need to solve. You know, I want to write in Scrivener. That's what I prefer to write with. um, And also access the Novel Factory. I want to really record podcasts and do any audio recording in Camtasia. And also I want to use the native word program. I don't want to use the app or anything uh, that's stripped out of all of the features. So I found uh, a laptop and and I've paid £186 for this laptop, and it is literally, it's right next to the microphone as I'm speaking to you now, so the microphone's in front of me, the laptop is right to the side of it, and you cannot hear a thing, it's completely silent as it operates, which is beautiful, and I've loaded Scrivener on it, and I wrote with Scrivener today, and I'm recording the podcast on Camtasia with it right now, so I'm hoping that that will just be a quick edit job and off we go, and i've now got word on it as well so for 186 pounds this does everything that that 795 pound computer did uh you know years ago and it it operates silently and it's very lightweight and very sleek and it it does all the things that i need it to do so i very quickly pivoted what i'm using for spain because uh you know I, i Chromebooks are lovely. I love that new Chromebook. It's absolutely brilliant. But effectively, I'm going to use the Chromebook if I'm down at the beach. um, You know, I just need something to surf the internet on. I shall be using the Chromebook. But if I'm writing, I'm going to be using this new this new uh, Windows laptop that I've got which I'm, I'm really pleased with but yeah it's 186 pound it's made by somebody called is it jumper or something like that it's a make I've never heard of but it was an Amazon choice selection they obviously sell a lot of them and, and the reviews were really good so if you do need just a cheap Windows laptop li- literally to do your writing on it just to get connected and do the basics It's fantastic because in the old days, when you bought a laptop, you needed gigabytes and gigabytes worth of storage. But these days with Dropbox, I don't need that storage. Again, Dropbox is incredible these days. Dropbox allows me to see my full backup on this drive but it doesn't download it, it mirrors it, It does. it's, what, what's, it's what's called mirroring, it mirrors the, the, the Dropbox drive so it looks like a drive. If I need a file you just right click on it and bring it down instantly from the cloud so although I can see all my files without having it on, on the PC like they're a drive on the PC without actually having to log into Dropbox if I need a file downloaded for instance the scrivener file that I'm working with at the moment I could just right click it bring it down from the cloud and it's there on the computer so you don't even need the huge storage space that's why this computer is so cheap by the way because it only has about 50 gigabytes of storage space but I don't need it I don't need it for storage space because I just need it for the files that I'm working on at the moment at the most a word file uh, I need it for a novel factory file, and I need it for a scrivener file. That's really all I need to download on it. And incidentally, for about thirty or forty quid, you could expand it massively to to a huge drive by getting. Um, and I, I, this is technology I I haven't even used before, and it, what's called an SSD drive. Um, I've I've never used that before, so um, you know I'll give that a try. By the way, if you can hear a bit of noise outside, because I'm in the lounge. The Iceland delivery man has just arrived. (laughs) So this is why I always use my study at the back of the house. You don't hear any of this stuff. But that's the Iceland delivery man just delivering uh, the groceries for the week ahead anyhow I am done now so I'm going to help my wife uh, take the deliveries through to the kitchen so thank you very much for listening a bit of a shorter one this week we're doing quarter three review next week and then uh, at the end of the season episode 10 I'll be giving you my look ahead and what's coming up in the months ahead so thank you very much for listening that's it for now have a great week of writing and I'll speak to you soon You can check out the show notes and listen to the back catalogue episodes at paulteague.com forward slash podcast. If you've heard something that's helpful to you in your author business and you'd like to support the show, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash paulteague. That's it for this week's show. Thanks very much for listening and I hope you have a great week of writing. From me, Paul Teague, bye-bye for now.